Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 107. A look back at the last year in tech. What BT's EE takeover may mean for you. The end of Orange Wednesday. The future of TV technology. Plus, shortwave, aerials and 13 amp plugs. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time, and as we enter 2015, we reach a historic milestone. 30 years since the first commercial mobile phone call was made. Just after midnight on January the 1st, 1985, Michael Harrison made the first call in the UK to his dad, the boss of newly formed Raykel Vodafone. If you're interested, check out the YouTube clip on our site for their pre-launch video. As more Vodafones appear, we can only wonder whether the telephone is an endangered species. If you'd like to be in when you're out, ring Raykel Vodafone. Next, a new portable power solution is at hand. The UP, that's U-double-P, is a portable USB charger that runs from hydrogen fuel cells. They provide on average a week's worth of power, and once the cell is exhausted, you swap it for another plug-in cartridge, costing £6. No recharging and instant long-lasting power. UP chargers and cartridges are now available at Apple stores and online. In acquisition news, it looks like Tesco may be passing on its TV and video streaming service Blinkbox to TalkTalk. This could mean an increase in the amount of on-demand content available on TalkTalk's TV offering. Next, Apple users might want to take note of the following recent change to the iTunes terms and conditions. To comply with EU guidelines, users can now return an electronic purchase within 14 days to get a refund, no questions asked. Previously, refunds were dealt with on a case-by-case basis. We understand this move has caused some controversy for musicians and app developers who stand to lose out if people try musical apps, then exercise their right for a refund after a couple of weeks of use. In other EU news, it seems that we can expect the price of e-books to rise, as new rules mean that the UK VAT rate of 20% will apply, and not the 3% that Amazon and iTunes users pay by getting their content from Luxembourg. Next, are you looking for a New Year's bargain? We're very impressed with the new low-price Lynx tablet. These run the full Windows 8.1 operating system, meaning you can run most Windows programs on a lightweight tablet. The quad-core Intel Atom tablets come with a year's Microsoft Office 365 subscription, support HDMI and cost less than £80. We've got one and we've been very impressed. Link on our show notes. And finally, diaries at the ready, as in the spring, the city of Glasgow will be host to an international festival of, wait for it, internet cat videos, including the Golden Kitty Award. We'll see you there. Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news 
or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequency Cast, now loading. Focus. Happy New Year, Kelly. Happy New Year, Pete. 2015. Any good prezzies? Any tech prezzies, more importantly? Uh, well, not technically my present, but in our household we did receive an eye kettle. An internet-enabled Wi-Fi kettle. Awesome. I wanted one of those. Didn't happen for me, though. I just think it's quite amazing that you can set your alarm for your kettle so then it's actually boiled by the time you get downstairs. Also, can I say that when you open it up, it tells you that you actually lose two days a year waiting for a kettle to boil. I remember you poo-pooing the idea of a wireless kettle when that came out and now you're all, 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 I could get a cup of tea first thing in the morning. Yeah, well, I've just got lazier, to be honest. 2014 has basically just made me incredibly idle. And I saw an iPhone box. You finally succumbed, haven't you? You've still got an Android, though, so you've now got both. Is that right? Yeah, my Samsung wound me up so much that um, I decided I couldn't go back to Android. So I now have an iPhone for personal use. But would you believe I've now been given another Samsung for work? Well, this is my best Christmas present. This is the one for me. Look at this book. How to make your cat an internet celebrity. Yeah, my little furry sidekick is going to make me a million. This is an instruction manual on how to get your cat famous on the internet. And then I can retire. Okay, your little furry sidekick is going to be absolutely abused. I mean, if you just look at a few of these, the first one is how to accessorise your cat. Anyway, enough of this frivolity and you looking at cat books. We need to talk about some serious stuff here. We need to talk about the film, The Interview. Have you heard the scandal of this one? Well, I think it would be quite bad if I hadn't. It is everywhere at the moment, isn't it? So uh, in November, Sony was hacked by an unknown entity that may or may not be North Korea. North Korea denied it, and then the uh, hacker group uh, threatened cinemas in the US and the premiere was cancelled. And now, of course, it's gone online and it has done phenomenally well. It got something like two million downloads in the first three days, and it's the most downloaded movie that Sony has released of all time. So this kind of proves that whether it's deliberate or uh, accidental or a bit of marketing hype, releasing films on the internet could be the way to go. Yeah, quite possibly. There I was thinking you were trying to add a little bit of controversy there. But no, nice little angle, Pete. Well done. I I definitely think, particularly if you have that really good PR spin, because one minute it is going to be released, next minute it's not going to be released, then you suddenly have a chance to get it on the internet. You don't know if that's going to be taken away. So everyone's getting it while they can. And what a fantastic idea, really. So is this uh, a deliberate bit of marketing hype, do you think? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know. I I don't think that they would put themselves under that much PR pressure. But then I'm not turning around and saying it's North Korea either. So who knows? The next story also sort of relates to films and cinemas. Orange Wednesday is ending after 10 years. That's really sad. Not that I've ever used it once, but that is very sad. 
and they're blaming it on the lack of attendance at cinemas, presumably because everyone's downloading uh, Sony movies uh, <laughs> over the internet. Well, yeah, quite possibly. But still, it is sad because I think a lot of the reason people don't bother going to the cinema is it's so expensive. And now all of a sudden, that's your one opportunity. You buy one, get one free kind of opportunity. And that's gone as well now. But of course, the big EE Orange T-Mobile related story is BT is acquiring EE. It was rumoured to be O2, but it's all confirmed. EE will be owned by BT. How do you feel about that? Doesn't really bother me, to be honest. I originally assumed that BT was huge and EE was a little bit smaller, thinking everyone has a landline. But looking at the numbers, BT, 9.5 million landlines, 7.5 million broadband accounts, whereas EE, 25 million mobile phones. So every two in five people is an EE customer. That's quite a big chunk for BT to be uh, biting into. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good bit of business for them then, to be honest. They're going to have to up their uh, customer service to be able to cope with that number of uh, inquiries and customers. But what we can expect as consumers is quad packs. So your phone, your broadband, your mobile phone and your TV all lumped into a package. And allegedly they're going to be doing some relatively decent deals uh, because they're also going to be backing up some of their mobile phone coverage with their BT Fon wireless network. So they'll also have the biggest network of free Wi-Fi. So they could actually do a lot of undercutting, uh, which could be interesting. And of course, they've got the largest number of 4G transmitters. So uh, it could be good. For me, though, the thing I'm really looking forward to with this buyout is no more Kevin Bacon adverts. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't blame you on that one. They are truly awful. Right, so it's been a busy year in tech in 2014, and what we're going to do now is have a quick whiz through some of the tech stories of the last year, and also some of the things that we've been up to. So let's have a look at uh, January. Do you remember January? It was a long time ago. Not really. A year ago, the digital radio switchover, the move to DAB, was finally abandoned, so uh, we don't have to worry about uh, buying new digital radios and that kind of thing, which is good. And LBC, the news radio station for London, went national at the beginning of last year. Uh, We also reported on a new phone, the LG Flex phone, which you could bend. And of course, later in the year, there was another story about bendy phones, if you remember. Yes, but not um, not so positive. Well, the Flex phone didn't really take off from LG. You can still buy it, 550 quid, and um, they're quite bendy. But uh, no, didn't really, uh, didn't really take off. At the beginning of the year, we spoke to a futurologist. Lovely chap. Do you remember Jonathan Michener? Yes, I do. And he has some great predictions for the year, or for the next few years. Yeah, his job is to predict the future and the uh, technology trends. And we caught up with him. Uh, the thing that he thinks is going to be the big thing um, is how we're all going to be watching TV. I think the television manufacturers are all barking up the wrong street with just flogging the connected TV. I think the, the thing that will really make a difference is when somebody gets hold of the a la carte uh, aspect of TV. Uh, if you walk into your living room at the moment, it's like going back 30 years rather than looking into the future. Um, The TV hasn't changed an awful lot and just connecting it to the internet doesn't really do the job. Uh, I think what we want to see is is where somebody takes away the pain and the device in this case takes away the pain. If you like football or you like soaps or whatever you like, it finds the content for you and it doesn't matter whether it's on one provider or another or one subscription or another. Somebody takes care of that and that's just one thing for you to pay. 
I think that will, that will change the way people think about the content and the business model as well as the device. When you get those coming together, that's when you get a sensation. And Jonathan also mentioned wearable technology. Now, uh, we're all into our wearable tech now and smartwatches and fitness trackers and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and this is what Jonathan had to say on that subject. The wearable stuff is, is quite interesting because I think what one's got to think about is the reason why somebody will want to buy that. It's, everybody wants a phone, so the smartphone isn't a, isn't a difficult thing to sell. Uh, smart wearables is something else. So the Google Glasses, for example, not many people want to wear glasses if they don't already have to wear glasses. So it's got to be really fantastic as an experience in order for somebody to, for that to take off mass market. Sure, it'll be, it'll be great for, for the niche market, but in terms of mass market like smartphones, I think wearables generally have to be really good at what they do or offer something additional to what we can already do. In terms of the, the, the smartwatch, I think that we will see products like that from the sort of players that you mentioned. I think... It'll be an additional thing to the smartphone, first of all. And the sort of thing we were talking about when I met you at the, at the tower, uh, I think lends itself to the whole data explosion that's coming as well. So we've got data all around us at the moment. It's how do we make use of that stuff and, and, and how do we put what's important in front of us? And on the subject of wearable tech, a couple of months later we were at Gadget Show Live and we got to try some real cutting-edge uh, wearable tech, didn't we? Yes, we got to try the Google Glass. It's actually not bad. The screen is actually pretty readable, isn't it? You have to sort of nod your head to get the, uh, the menu to engage, but it's speech recognition, so you can say, OK, Glass, take a photo, or OK, Glass, play a game. Impressed? I am quite impressed, I have to say, actually. For something so minimal, it's very effective. I can see myself getting a pair of those. Of course you can. I quite fancy a pair myself, actually. Well, Neil, that's awesome. Our first time with Google Glass. How's the demos going today? It's been fantastic. Lots of people. Uh, everyone's enjoying it. And just remind me, we've been playing games and taking photos with Google Glass. What else can you do with one of these? So you've got email, messaging, playing games, taking photos, recording videos, and of course uploading all of that to social media. There's also a pretty cool feature where you can look at any sign, handwritten or typed, in any language, and it translates into English for you. Yes, the Google Glass, that was interesting. It hasn't really kicked into high gear this year, but we had a go, didn't we? We did, and to be honest, though, I, I think it will have some modifications and it will become huge in probably the next three years. I don't think this year, but I think soon. We also tried Oculus Rift. That's the virtual reality headset, and that is set for a 2015 release. So uh, that's not too far away. You remember that? I do, and I'm definitely not buying one. I had to go and lay on a sofa afterwards for, for a good 15 minutes while you went and interviewed somebody else. And here's us giving it a go. At the moment I'm on a roller coaster. I'm quite scared of heights anyway, so I wasn't really ready for the drop. And it does feel like you're actually on it. So what happens if you look behind you and up and down? I, d I don't want to look behind me right now, but, but um, honestly, I feel like I'm at Alton Towers. Pete, I can't describe it any more than that. I'm actually a little bit petrified. What's weird is you're actually slightly swaying with the motion here, so you're really taking this in. I don't know whether it's because I'm sat down as well, but I actually do feel a little bit scared. At the moment, I'm going up a roller coaster. So, oh, 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 okay. Now, you see, you had this right. When you were doing this, you were sitting down. I'm getting a bit wobbly here. Okay, I might need to hang on to something here. Wow, this is surprisingly realistic. Okay, I'm about to drop. This isn't good. If I fall over, Kelly, will you catch me? It's not HD vision, but it is... Oh my goodness me, okay. This is very, very clever. 
Am I tilting or is it just my imagination? No, you're, you are tilting. <laughs> you are very definitely tilted. I'm, I'm trying very hard not to laugh at you right now. Sticking with wearable tech for a couple more seconds here, we also talked about the Fitbit Force in our March show. That's one of these wearable fitness trackers uh, that uh, came out and had some horrible stuff in the strap that meant there were allergies. Do you remember that story? There was a big product recall. I do, I do. Wasn't it in the US? It was in the US uh, and uh, it got recalled. The new one's out now, the Fitbit Charge. And if you look very closely at my wrist, you'll see one. Oh, you keep trying to buy one of these fitness trackers in the hopes you're going to end up with some crazy eight-pack and it doesn't happen, Pete. It's a good one, though. Look, it's... Uh, hang on, let me... Uh, so it's uh, a digital display. Yeah, very pretty. But the real cool bit is... you got your phone handy? Right. There you go. Give us a ring. Hang on. Okay, so you're dialing me. I am. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's ridiculous. My name has popped up on your watch. Do you know what? That's brilliant. You can't actually talk to it or do anything with it, but it's just called a display. So if you've got your phone in your pocket or in a different part of the house, you can see who's ringing on your screen. And it vibrates to tell you. I think it's really cool. So you can decide whether you want to run to your phone or not. Absolutely. And also, the uh, it's automatic. Uh, the, the old Fitbit I used to have sleep tracked but you'd have to put it into a little thing that you'd slide into your wrist whereas this uh here you go you can see this is last night's sleep for me there you go i went to sleep at half 12 last night was up at quarter past eight this morning awake for five minutes and 31 minutes tossing and turning exciting useless but nice graph it's ridiculous i knew you'd be impressed so there you go wearable technology and uh, what we looked at at uh, gadget show live there also last year two items made it to dragon's den that we had seen a couple of years before it got to the telly that was the slouch mat didn't work unfortunately they didn't go for it the dragons and the energy egg which is that uh, energy saving walk into a room and it turns your kit on stuff so uh, cutting edge for us and I reckon in about a year's time, the stuff we saw last year will be on next year's Dragon's Den. Oh, that will be exciting. Can't wait to see what it is. Let's move on to March. That was the launch of London Live, the local TV station uh, for London. And also talks of scrapping BBC Three. And there was the big Save BBC Three campaign, which was about a year after the Save BBC Radio 4 music campaign. So there's been lots of talk of uh, the BBC ditching channels over the years. Do you remember all that? Well, the BBC are ditching BBC Three, aren't they, eventually? We still don't know. I'm not entirely sure whether it will go or not. I've heard through the grapevine it may be, Pete. I mean, my prediction for 2015 is that we'll see even more of these channels disappearing and it will all just go onto on-demand. That is true, actually, yes. And uh, we saw that, obviously, with uh, the interview that online is where it's going, but uh, I very rarely watch online TV now. It's either you know recorded on a PVR, but even now I'm not even bothering setting up uh, digital recorders. I'll just get everything on demand. That's the way to do it now. There you go. Uh, in April, we saw a, uh, a rather scary virus doing the rounds, Heartbleed, that took Mumsnet out and a few other ones. That was uh, going to cause the end of the world last year and didn't really uh, make much of a dent in the end, that one, did it? 
Well, no, but after we recorded that show, I did spend the entire afternoon changing all of my passwords just in case. And backing everything up, which is what I did over the uh, Christmas New Year break, but there we go. We also saw the uh, demise of Samba, who were offering a free SIM card service that you get online data for watching videos and receiving adverts. Uh, June, for us, was our 100th show. We looked back at the early days of Frequency Cast. In our July show, we looked at a rather embarrassing message that the BBC sent out to all their users, saying there was an episode of Game of Thrones without any nudity in it. And also we spoke to Finlux about a new TV that could spell the end for Sofa Wars. So help me out here then. We're looking at a single TV. Are you really telling me that Kelly can watch The Great British Bake Off while I'm watching Star Trek? Absolutely. Um, one of you will be wearing headphones, of course. Um, that sort of deals with the sort of problem of sound. But literally, one person can be watching the football, for example, while the other person could be watching a movie. All on the same screen. Is it dependent on the angle that you're sitting or is it some kind of glasses or how does that work then? You actually have to wear glasses. Um, so literally, one of you will be seeing one thing and the person sitting next to you will be seeing something completely different. Oh, that is awesome. And they're uh, standard glasses, they're not these sort of ones that have batteries? They're passive, so very comfortable and lightweight to wear. Okay, what's this technology called? I've not come across this before. Dual view technology. Dual view, that's got to be the future. Kelly, do you reckon that's the future? Oh, 100%. Honestly, it would make my life a lot easier. So this dual view technology, is this something I can actually get now? No, not quite yet, but it is something that we hope to bring to the range very shortly. Not managed to get one of those yet then, Kelly? No, and my life would be so much better if I could just get my hands on one or if I could afford one, should I say now. Finlux, if you're listening, we'd love to do some beta testing for you. It's worth a try, isn't it? I know, always worth a try. In our August show, we looked at quadcopters. Do you know what? That was really top of my Christmas list, one of these flying drone thingies. Uh, We looked at those in uh, August and uh, how there have been some court cases of people flying them over Alton Towers and getting into trouble. I got hooked on this game. Acquiring position. Look at that, level... Level 10. That's a lot of hard work gone into that one. Still my favourite game, Ingress. Very, very good little game there. And uh, we talked about 3D door key printing, uh, which you never quite uh, got excited about, did you? No, it made me quite nervous. Do you know what, though? The highlight of the year in August was this. (laughs) I'm done. The ice bucket challenge. Do you remember that? Unfortunately, yes. I had a cold for about a week afterwards. Are we going to see that again this year? Because I might have to emigrate. Oh, gosh, I hope not. I hope there's something nice like let's bake a cake and take a picture of it instead. Let's eat chocolate for charity. That's my my theory. Oh, that'd be nice. I'll take that. Our September show now. uh, We uh, looked at the news story about texting 999. uh, 360-degree photos. Uh, the uh, the bubble pod that you put in the wine glass from our good friend uh, Tom Lawton was a good story. Uh, we also talked more about local TV and the station for Birmingham uh, went into administration before it transmitted its first programme, which is showing that local TV isn't really working. No, and to be honest, other than the, the odd rerun um, on London Live, I've not really watched anything else there either, to be honest. Where do we go to next? September the 9th, of course, was uh, uh, iPhone Day. Uh, so we've got iPhone 8, uh, the iPhone 6 family and the Bendigate phone. 
Oh, yes. Um, that was quite devastating, I guess, for iPhone and for everybody else that queued up for God knows how long, um, desperately trying to get hold of one, only to find it bends in your pocket. Uh, indeed. The October show, my favourite word of the year was uh, coined, fablet. A phone that's as big as a tablet, a cross between a phone and a tablet. And to combat that, uh, Alcatel invented their own phablet, which is called the Pop Meta, which is so large, you'd actually get a free phone with it so that you could use the phone linked to the tablet. That is the worst thing I've heard of. To be honest, I think some phones are getting ridiculously big. You can't fit them in a clutch bag anymore. Do you know, I was at a Christmas light switch on and people were filming the whole thing on iPads with cases. It looks daft. looks like people are filming it on a portable TV. You think that's bad? People do it at a graduation ceremony as well. Can you imagine? Daft. So that was October. November was uh, Microsoft inventing their fitness band and announcing they're going to get into the fitness arena, just as Apple were doing the same with their health app. And we had news of Windows 10, which is the uh, new Windows operating system. And of course, you tried the Wakey alarm clock and you look like you're dozing off there as it is. Oh, don't. Honestly, that is the worst thing ever. I've ended up talking about it quite a lot um, since we did it, but mainly through sheer embarrassment that I actually had to be woken up by different people. And uh, that pretty much brings us up to date. Here we are, 2015. So predictions, just before we started uh, rolling tape here, we were talking predictions. I reckon there's a slight chance we might see a new iPhone, some new mobile phones might get released, and some more wearable tech. That is painful, Pete. I think we're going to see a lot more live TV, a lot more live streaming. I think people won't necessarily go and see wedding venues or go and see talks or shows anymore. They'll watch the live streamed versions online. It wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing sitcoms doing the same thing. So rather than actually sitting in the edit suites, you could actually be part of the audience almost. Can you imagine watching The Big Bang as soon as it's being, uh, being filmed? I can see your logic, and certainly something's got to change to get people more engaged with TV, but I don't know. I I don't know if I can see that somehow. Any other predictions for the year? Well, there's one thing I would quite like, and I think we're getting closer to it now, and that's a really sophisticated platforms to work from home, so that you're basically in the office, on your sofa. Do you know what? I'll see what I can do for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Feedback time, and who's first, Kelly? The first one is from Ian Maguire. He says, Do Ethernet connections via a home plug power line setup require a special driver to be installed on the connected computer? Well, this one's an easy one, Ian. The answer is no. They just plug in and appear as a standard Ethernet connection. No drivers to install, no settings to configure, and better still, no Wi-Fi keys. Oh, that that has got to be our simplest and shortest answer to date, I think, Pete. Okay, so the next one, following on from a piece on shortwave in the last show, Bill Shepard got in touch to say, I see no mention of the spread of DRM radio across the Indian subcontinent, nor do I see mention of the new processor that is capable of FM, DAB, DRM, etc., and has low consumption. And Bill also sent us a link to savertllongwaveradio.com. Clearly a campaign going on there. We also heard from Timothy Mock, who said, As a blind listener, I'm deeply interested about the future prospects of digital shortwave broadcasting. So, Kelly, sounds like we might have a shortwave theme coming for the next couple of shows, perhaps. 
Oh, well, you're going to get excited, aren't you? I can already see your face lighting up about that. Right, so next, a podline call about Freeview TV aerials. And we don't get many podline calls these days, uh, so let's have a listen. Hello. Um, if you've got two indoor aerials in two little rooms nearby in central London, they both worked on their own, but when I put them together, they seem to jumble up the Freeview programmes or all the programmes. Would that be right? Uh, it's Mrs Wilson. Well, interesting one. Aerials that are near each other will impact performance to a certain extent, but I would be surprised if two indoor aerials in separate rooms would actually cause that much interference. First suggestion is to try removing just one of them and seeing if that solves the problem. If it is the two aerials causing the problem, consider just getting the one aerial, ideally one that's amplified, and get a splitter to feed to the second room. Or better still, of course, if you can, get an outside aerial. And next, Chris Lake asks, is it safe to operate a washing machine and two tumble dryers at the same time off of one 13-amp plug? And do you know the answer to this one, Kelly? Well, I would guess no. You would guess correct, indeed. So uh, your average washing machine and tumble dryer consumes around about 10 amps. So if you have three of them at the same time, that would be about 30. 30 amps on a 13-amp mains plug doesn't go you run the risk of overheating blowing a fuse and it is quite dangerous so uh, chris the answer to that one a big fat no and uh, hi to alan fox he says i just discovered your podcast so i'm trying to listen to the ones where the topics are relevant to me show six was the first one i now know what a pvr is and i think show 20 was the next one i tuned into about dvd recorders i've not used one yet and i'm behind in technology unlike everyone else i never started going dvd player crazy until 2011 Blimey, well thanks very much for listening Alan, when you do catch up with us, you've got a hundred shows to go yet before you catch up to us today. I wonder how we'll get on with 3D printing and Google Glass when he catches up to us, could be interesting. Thank you for listening and also hello to Scott who was listening to our Christmas show on a train and he says SSD, solid state disk drives, possibly a topic idea for later in the year, we'll see what we can do. Indeed. And if you'd like to get in touch with us with your comment or your suggestions or your complaints, please do. Several ways you can get in touch with us, Kelly. Well, maybe not so many complaints, but you can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133 4567. Or you can do as Scott did and send us a text. The number is 07882 043 Or you can send us an email via the Contact Us button on our site. We look forward to hearing from you and uh, have a great new year. Yes, happy 2015. Frequency Cast. Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.